0: Sir, and welcome to the Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce my co-host for today, I just want to tell you how you can participate in the show. You could participate by following us on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Road to Damascus, Road, the number two, Damascus. On Instagram as well as Twitter Reach out to us You can reach us also by email At Damascus at icloud.com That's Damascus at icloud.com And let's introduce the people Who will be participating with us today It's been a long time But we have to my left As always My main man The one who helps things go with me My boy Steph Say what up Steph What up guys Welcome, good to see you, good to see you, and to my right today, the maestro, the rabbi, the teacher, the great sage, (laughs) the oracle, the one who drops the knowledge and drops the bombs. Say what up to him, Rabbi Shonda, how you doing today, how you doing today?
1: I'm I'm good, I was wondering who you were talking about. (laughs) You know what I was talking about. All
0: facts, all facts.
1: It's good to be back, it's great to be back.
0: It's been a long time since we recorded this show. A lot of scheduling conflicts, stepping around here building homes. Bob Vila, the black Bob Vila, might be seeing him on TV soon. And Shonda out here helping save the world one patient at a time. Not as a doctor, but as a counselor. And uh, me. I'm just uh, being me, I guess. You know, just
1: so modest.
0: You, you know, just walking around here uh, apparently not doing any work, living like yeah. a rich man. Is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we got gym stuff. at nine a.m. Can't wait!
2: <laughs> Can't wait! That's retirement number one. <laughs> Soon as I hear retirement, <laughs> nine a.m. gym session <laughs> right. for sure.
0: Is that on your bucket list? That's <laughs> definitely your <on the> list. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> we always got good topics for him, and I think the topic that we're gonna touch on today is something that uh is going to be an interesting topic um dating outside of your faith um and when i say dating outside of your faith that doesn't just necessarily mean somebody who might be of a del- different religion religious uh belief but also maybe a different denominational belief cuz even within denominations you sometimes run into issues and things like that so um We'll start with you, rabbi. Um, <laughs> don't make that face. You know I always start with you. So uh, how do you feel about dating outside of your faith or dating outside of your denomination, per se? <clears throat>
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do as we always do at the table. I'm going to be really, really honest. Okay. okay. Well, I wouldn't
0: expect anything different from you.
1: Uh there, there are some instances where I, I honestly don't see anything wrong with it. I understand the, the scripture that says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I understand it. I get it. Uh, what fellowship does light have with um, darkness? Or what union does Christ have with the um, law? I get it. And Paul takes this analogy from the Old Testament um, in Deuteronomy about yoking oxen with a donkey. And, you know, it's, it's practice to yoke like animals because it makes the work easier for them to do. Doesn't necessarily mean if they're not yoked that the work doesn't get done. It's just harder. And the chances of someone saying, I quit, or the chances of an animal um, falling out of, of, of practice along the way are more prominent if they're not with a like animal. The same with people. You know, when you are in groups of people that are not like you, the chances of friction um, would be more prominent. The chances of disagreement or falling out would be more prominent because they don't think like you. They don't have the same uh, foundational values that you have. So conversations may become heated. You know, chances are you could lose a relationship a lot faster. Does not mean that people who are equally yoked don't face the same problems. But we have some foundational aspects and values and standards that may allow us to come back into agreement faster. So I can see it from, you know, both sides. There are some people who don't mind the hard work. Oh, I don't mind because you're worth <laughs> it. Maybe they are. You know, maybe you look at them and determine like, hey, whatever it is I'm about to go through, I'm going to go through it with you. Because you're built right, you look right, you smell good, you make the right amount of money. So those scriptural components that might make our union a little more difficult, I'm going to rock with that. I'll ride that out.
0: So un- Uncle Ben, Uncle Jefferson, Uncle Ulysses. Oh, yeah, they make a difference. They make a difference.
1: Yeah, those uncles, you know, <laughs> stabilize many families.
0: Steph. <laughs> Steph, over to you. What? How do yeah. you feel? So um,
2: I feel like uh, – if the person you know, it's it's one of those things that somebody has to actually try it in order to see if it's something that they can work through or not. Every individual is different, right? You know, you did, I've done it. Yeah, so so let he, me just put that out there. You've done it. Oh, absolutely. All right, so we'll come back to
0: your experience.
2: No, i think we've both done it. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? And we're, well, so we're that's, t- why, that's why we're probably more right. equipped for this, right, to talk about this, because in these scenarios, I look at it like it's, it depends on the person, the two parties involved, the two people that are, you know, even considering to date, um, date obviously date with purpose, and you're saying, let's see if we can mesh, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have to really put some things um, in play. and You think about it and say, all right, well, let's look at not just the present situation, but let's look at some future things and let's see how, um, you know, how those mesh, mm-hmm. you know, look at our core values. Let's say we're going to have kids together. How do you see that? You know, and if that person says something contrary to what you envision as far as, you know, uh, having a life uh, being driven by, by God through Christ, then you say, well, anything else is going to create a confusion and a disruption within my family. So more than likely, that's probably not going to work well. Then in, in in another instance, you may have a party that says, you know, what? I'm actually open to the idea of allowing Christ to come into my life and we can work together into a relationship. Then that's something that is actually probably worth the time to say, you know what, let's go down this journey because, I mean, you don't, you don't know, you know. How things are gonna work out. So, I think it's like I said, it's one of those kind of things, and I'm still figuring that out within my own life um, to see how uh, things work. So, I'm not gonna say I. It's really no answer to that one. Like it's no definite. Answer well, no, I
0: don't. Me. I. I well, I, don't, I think. I think anything like anything in life is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, What is offensive? What is a joke? What is right? What is wrong? Like, there are some, some definites, you know, like the law of gravity, what goes up must come down. That's a definite. You understand what I'm saying? But there are some things that's more murky and more gray. And that's why we had a conversations around it. Because even within, if somebody is Buddhist and you're Christian or somebody's Muslim and you're Christian or somebody is agnostic and you're Christian, um, but even within our own denominations, people that's Baptist and Pentecostal, people that's Methodist and A.M.E., it could be, you know, people that's even things that we don't necessarily might consider Christian but are very close in line like Seven day Adventists, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, Latter-day Saints. You see what I'm saying? Even within those uh, contexts of faiths are a lot of big differences that you'd be like, Wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like seven-day is go to church on Saturday. You go to church on Sunday. Like, And you might feel as though I have to go on Sunday. And they feel as though well, I have to go on Saturday. And that can be an issue. You know, how, how people baptize. Well, we baptize and, you know what I'm saying? You start arguing about that. We baptize in Jesus' name and we baptize. So within those contexts, it can even cause more division. Um. So that's how I tend to look at it as far as what goes on with it so
1: you know it's i was thinking as as you guys were talking this it's it's amazing to me that under the umbrella of christianity we consider each other to be unequally yoked
0: oh yeah (laughs) just what you were just really talking about
1: because there are people who believe in god they love god but they're not apostolic you know what i mean and most Apostolic, I can speak for them because that's, right. that's what, but yeah. I've also I, I was Baptist first, right. so call me whatever you want. Be like Baptist Baptico- <laughs> right? But there are people who are um, who are apostolic who feel like if you're with someone that's Baptist, you're unequally yoked because they don't speak in tongues or they weren't baptized in Jesus' name; they were baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But at the base, they believe God, and I haven't always been baptized in Jesus' name. I haven't always been filled with the Holy Ghost. But I was Baptist from the time I was born because that's where they, you know, where my family had me. My grandfather was a founding pastor of a church. So, been in church my whole life. Didn't know what apostolic was until I was 18. So, how do we not show the same grace and allow people to be um, transitioned or to crescendo, you know, into right relationship with God or into um, a deeper understanding, you know, where they realize that um, if you don't have the spirit of God, you're none of his. Well, what is the spirit of God? Because we're not really taught that as as children. You know, what exactly is the spirit of God? Who is Holy Spirit? You know, why, why are there, why is it a triune being? You know, we don't allow people grace to come into that without um, classifying them as, as not, um, they're not worthy, you know, to be in relationship with you because they don't have the knowledge that you have. Like, how dare we um, do that? I dated an atheist, and I knew he was an atheist, okay? But he was a beautiful man. Like, he's, his skin was, like, almost the color of our microphones. Just, But he had the prettiest, whitest teeth. And he was really kind. He was a good guy. And he was nice to everybody. Everybody loved him. He was smart. We had the best intellectual conversations. We could talk about anything, but he wouldn't pray. And so if we were somewhere and they said, bow your head, he was not, you know, he wasn't about to pray. And that made me uncomfortable. But what made me uncomfortable wasn't the fact that he didn't pray. Because I know... Sanctify people that don't pray. That didn't make me uncomfortable. What made me uncomfortable, and this is where people have to be honest and authentic in their thinking, what made me uncomfortable was the fact that other people knew he was an atheist and they were watching my reaction to him not praying. So it wasn't even the fact that I cared that much about him at the time. It was more so how people perceive me being with someone who wouldn't pray. And if we're all honest with ourselves and are and are authentic, we care more about how people perceive what we do than what we actually do or don't do.
0: Oh yeah, well I even think that's um, even comes down to sometimes with how somebody looks. Like we might really be feeling somebody, but they ain't they might, cute. They ain't cute, and then we'd be like, "Man, I really like them, but I can't take this person around my people." They'd be like, "This you? Right.
1: <laughs> this you? shred me, <laughs>
0: right?" Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, love is blind, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, go ahead, Steph. No, I mean, uh,
2: just to go off of the points, like what Shauna said, I, you know, dated a Muslim girl, you know, and, yes, yeah, very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. <laughs> right. you see, right. Right. So, just right. to add up on the very, yeah, you just know, to know, add up on the, on on the yeah, there you go, there you go. Very beautiful, but... I've been on both sides of the the spectrum. I've seen what it was to be with someone that wanted to pursue after God also and have a relationship like that. And I saw how we were actually able to build on each other, you know, fasting together, doing certain things together, and a prior relationship, right? And then I seen how that was, and it was an awesome feeling to be able to grow in God with someone. Then you go from that to – Um, talking to somebody that can't, where it sounds like it's, it's almost as though you filter what you say to make them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so in in a way you actually demean uh, who you are, the value of who you are and everything that you are comes from that. Mm -hmm. So you say, all right, so do I continue down this road of, of trying to make the person that I'm with because I care about them feel comfortable? um, and, 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 uh, suppress the God within me that wants to come out in every word and every speech and everything that I say and do. So now I'm filtering everything that I'm saying, instead of saying, man, I thank you, Jesus. Today was a good day. I say, man, I thank God today was a, you know what I'm saying? Instead of that real. Cause
0: God is, can be a general he can term. can be neutral.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like you, you start to filter everything and, you get to the point to where it's like, you know, only time you're able to actually be who you are and on fire is like when you're not around that person, so to speak. So then you get to the point to where you pray about it and you say, God, I ask you to give me direction in these areas. And God is so graceful and patient. He's like, dog, come on now, dog. Come on now, dog. You like you going to just filter? You going to filter this? And, you know, he's so, he like I said, he's patient with us. So he gives us time to figure certain things out. Mm-hmm. And then he says, listen, I, you, you make that prayer and you say, hey, listen, is, is this supposed to be for me or how is this going to work? Then you, you're at a crossroad where you have to make certain decisions. And every decision is unique. So this, what we're talking about is not for every single person. Every single person has to be able to cross that bridge on their own where they pray to God and they have that communication or they communicate that point to that significant other or that person that they're dating to where they can figure these certain things out. In my case, I tried to do that and it it didn't pan out in the way that I wanted because of the fact that we just couldn't mesh within the future. When somebody's just as rooted in their faith as you are in yours, how do you create that separation you don't you actually create a divide so only thing we do is prolong our suffering by not talking about it in important ways mm-hmm. that's all we do so in my in my situation in my scenario that that was the outcome of it but that's not to say that it wouldn't work you know if you have somebody else who who may not be you know i think i use the term or use the example of like um You know, foundational values is like with the iPhone. You get a new iPhone, you go take this iPhone, and they say, hey, listen, you got to do a master reset. You reset it, you erase all your content, it goes back to the manufacturer settings, which those are the default settings. No different than us. We had default settings also. Same thing that we were raised up with, with our foundational values, foundational beliefs, those are our default settings. Right. So the truth is... Down the line, when the road gets rough, because it always gets rough at some, one point or another, we're all going to go back to those default settings. Absolutely. So the person that you're talking to, you have to be able to understand that some of that is still going to come out. Some of those little things. Were, I thought that was, no, That that's still in there. That's still in there. So if you're going to be patient enough and that person is willing, you guys can work that out. If not then you're going to still be dealing with the same thing. And it's going to create a a divide within your family, divide within your children and even in-laws, so to speak. So I mean, that's,
0: yeah. I mean, you, you run into scenarios where everybody um, can be offended on the outward bound. Oh, why are you dating this guy? That's not this. or why are you not dating that guy? That's that. And things like that. So, I think we run into those type of situations. But one thing that you brought up, Stefan, that um, I wanted to kind of touch back with, because, so what if the default setting part? So, you know, like, what if a person, because a lot of times you can meet a person who isn't, they was raised Catholic, they were raised Muslim, they were raised in a Buddhist home, and they don't even practice it anymore. But the minute that you get into a relationship with them and y'all start talking about having kids, now all of a sudden it's like, well, if I had kids, I would want my kids to be raised this way. You'd be like, you don't even do it. Like like the whole time we've been together, you've been to church with me several times. Not necessarily like that, but now all of a sudden we had kids.
1: You prayed to the East one time since we've been together.
0: (laughs) But now all of a sudden you want our kids to be A, B, C, or D you think that can sometimes because people don't a lot of times let's be honest people don't have these conversations till afterwards how often is this like oh she's pregnant oops oh well i'm jehovah's witness and we going to go to the the kingdom hall and you like no no we going to Up the street Baptist, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And things like that. So is that kind of a mindset as well that goes into it?
2: Yes. No, so those tough conversations, and we always talk about this amongst the table, like having those real tough conversations. It's not the, the splendor and the joyful things. You know, let's take, for instance, like going to the gym. You know, everybody looks at Brock right now. And he's like, he's in an, in his nice hoodie because he's able to go to the gym at nine a.m. in the morning. You know, <laughs> it, it's like
0: every morning, uh, every morning, right? a.m. Right. Gains. You know. yeah, yeah,
2: gains. But, but he looks good in his, his hoodie right now, right? But right. nobody's seeing. When he's at the gym, he's working hard. At 9
1: a.m. At 9 a.m. When most people are at when work. When most
2: people are at work, it's acting. We're <sighs> sweating. Yeah. But we're just sweating in another way. He, exactly. He chooses to sweat at that time. But <laughs> the point is.
0: <laughs> man, I I smell some haters on the podcast. I'm sorry, folks. I just, I just feel just the spirit of hate
2: but is the, amongst the, us. The right point now. I'm making is. is That you're a hater. Those conversations. Yeah, yeah yeah. those conversations are the ones that most people don't want to have but those are right. the ones that actually shape a relationship mm-hmm. those are the ones those 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 gritty conversations those uncomfortable conversations those complicacate those um um not confrontations but conversations mm-hmm. they can't turn into conf- <laughs> confrontations but those conversations are the ones that actually sometimes come to no resolve mm-hmm to so where it's like, I don't even know. How do we figure this out? Those are the ones that actually shape a relationship.
1: Because the complicated conversations you don't have today become the regrets you have to deal with tomorrow.
2: Ooh, complicated conversations. Complicated conversations <laughs> tomorrow. There yeah. you go. Right on. See, I told because you. They're gonna come the back, oracle. Bro. Dropping yeah. bomb. For Coming sure. Back. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like we said those those happy times where we're, you know, we're uh, going to the movies and you buy the popcorn and I'll get the candy. You know, those are those are great times, but those aren't the ones that actually shape. Right. You know. So the ones that actually shape is the ones that you actually have to have those uncomfortable conversations. And I'm at the point now and within my life to where I had those conversations. We've had those conversations. Right. Let's say it's say a hypothetical. Let's how we have a baby. So we have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how is that going to look? You know, if you're dating somebody that's a Buddhist, or um, you know, or atheist, or Muslim, or right. of another faith, you know, how how is that going to look? So let's really let's really play out the scenario here. What would you want? And then you say it, and then the person says, "Well, I you know I want to take the baby to get dedicated. Well, I want to take the baby to get you know blessed. With, right. I, mean, I don't I you know I don't really know how every single uh, religion plays out within that. But, you know, right. I've seen in certain cultures in, um, what is it, the uh, Catholic to where the dude during, like, COVID was, like, splash the baby straight, dunk the baby in the water. That, that wouldn't play out with me too well.
1: No, that's not going to – yeah,
2: I saw that. Yeah, that wouldn't play out with me too well. Right. You know, so it's, it's those kind of scenarios where you got to really think about, all right, so how are we going to raise a kid? Because majority of the time, if – you know, the the dad is away and the mom is usually, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this is the mm-hmm. ideal household, but, you know, households have changed in, in different ways, which is great. But who's ever with the baby the most is going to have the most impact, mm-hmm. right? So if that person that has, you know, you guys are supposed to be both raising this child up together. If your core values aren't the same, you create a confusion within the kid. Right. You do because the kid literally gets the the jail of both of them, and if it does not jail, then it's like water and oil. You know, not a kid is confused, and you're wondering why. What's this confusion within the kid? This kid. Yeah. One
0: month we doing a consecration for the church that my dad go to, and the next month we doing Ramadan for the. Mm-hmm. Faith that my mom believes. Exactly. In, and I'm just hungry. Exactly. <laughs>
2: I'm just, I'm just exactly. hungry. Yeah, the baby, so, like, I'm just hungry. So it really it really creates no resolve within the child, nor does it create a resolve within a relationship and a union between that man and that woman or, you know, the relationship. So it becomes difficult. Right. You know, so, I, I mean, like I said, it's really no, no, um, like, playbook for right. something like this.
1: You can you can have someone who is of the same faith as you. You know, we go to church together. You know, matter of fact, we met in church. You would think that we have the same values and, and you know, and the same set of standards, and then you realize that you don't. You can be unequally yoked sitting right in the same church together.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you jumped ahead. You know, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, no, I'm just I, playing. I, but Do
1: I have to diminish who I am or compromise who I am to be with you? Right. Like, in order for you to be happy with me, do I have to be less of who I am? Um, you know, or do I have to not be on this committee? You know, is the, the higher I go, the less you love me because you're afraid to move or you don't have the same ambitions. Um, I found at, at work, you would think that one black person looks at another black person who's able to move up the chain. You would think they would be happy and to celebrate you because, hey, it's another one of us at the table. They're hating. Oh, you're trying. And excuse me if anybody's offended. Y- y'all work that out. But, but you trying to be you trying to be white, like well, you know why are you? Oh, now you hanging with all the white people? Well, hey, I'm I'm not trying to be at anybody's table. I'm a table. So I'm putting my table in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to see who they are. I need them to see who I am. And if you can't celebrate that, like why are we unequally yoked and we are on the same team? Like, we have the same job description. We sign the same contract. There's so many ways we could be unequally yoked. There's so many ways that division can come in in any institution. We just relegate it, you know, to the biblical institutions. But we have to consider it in all aspects because there are also times when a person who believes one thing and somebody who doesn't, they get along well. They're married well. The children are well-adjusted. You know, I think all children should be familiar with all religions. Personally, you can't defend yours unless you understand somebody else's. Mm -hmm. You can't defeat an enemy that you don't understand.
0: I agree with that. I, I, I feel like it's almost like the conversation about sex. Like. That is good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Did everybody want to
0: do it? I mean, which no, part? I'm just saying about talking to your kids about sex. And, oh, okay. And, and, hey. None of the verbs you just used was wrong. But, no, I'm just saying. Like, you don't want to talk. you be
1: unequally yoked there
0: either. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's a whole different conversation. Yes. Wait, you don't do what? To who? For Am real? Undefined. That's man? how you feel? Oh, okay. But, no, just. Some he people don't want to want to talk to their kids about sex at a certain age when it's like, well, if you don't talk about them, they're going to hear about it somewhere else. Exactly. So your kids need to understand when, about different faiths, about Muslims and what they believe and right. how it's close to Christianity and where the divide may come. Where when you start to do the history of it, that you understand that, oh, wait, Muslims are descendants of Ishmael? You understand what I'm saying then mm-hmm. you start to say oh okay now you start to see Christians Ishmael oh I uh, Jacob um Abraham and Isaac excuse me and you know the the difference in kick that bomb woman out the village and all that other stuff you when you start to really do the research or like that Buddhist Buddhism isn't really a religion more of a a belief system of Um, that is rooted in treating others the way you want to be treated. Now they believe in like reincarnation and things like that, but you know, you just need to step. But even within what Kemet and five percenters and Hebrew Israelites and things like that. I mean, it's so, and like Shonda said, it's funny because there's so many different faiths under the Christian umbrella Mm -hmm. that we be even looking. Cause you know, my cousin, you make a joke. It's like, I was talking to this one guy, but he was AME and, and we were sitting at the table, and he said a cuss word, and I got up and walked out. And I'm like, "Well, what cuss word did he use?" And like, "Damn!" You
1: walked out,
0: <laughs> like just—I mean, you understand that's what? what you say it again? <laughs>
1: Damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you understand what? <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> but I mean, but it's like, so you believe he believe in the the bet the the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ? As you, yes, and. He believe oh and and it's like but you make it seem like we're just cause you know you was raised Pentecostal or Apostolic it was like we don't mess with Baptists they smoke they right. drink they do all of this and then and then so at some point you meet somebody because I, think about it Shonda and Stephen when we were growing up teenagers think about your late teen years and your early twenties
1: mm-hmm.
0: you wasn't checking for faith you wasn't checking for what they believe, all that other stuff, how do they look? Do they do something for me? And then and then we went through that phase of a lot of babies popping up, and then that's when you started to learn, like, wait, 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 you what? Huh, you you, you want to take my baby to what church? No, we don't do that. And neither one of y'all go to church. <laughs> but once this starts talking about where the baby going to go, or, you know, if you say, you know, I'm really feeling you. I want. I think we should get married. And then they like, well, this is the kind of ceremony that we do or that, you know, in my family, you at least have to give my dad this kind of money or right. property or something like that. Or and you like, wait, huh? No, no, no. Where I come from, your daddy paid for the wedding. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because exactly. he's giving you away to me. Um, So, you know, you just run into the, to those type of situations and things like that. But I just want to um, elaborate on um, what you were bringing up, Shonda, um, a little bit um, that I said I was going to kind of run down that road. But when you decide, okay, say you want to give it a shot because you're a counselor. You want somebody wants to give it a shot and I'm going to try to date somebody else out of my faith. Mm -hmm. what would be your advice to somebody at at the stage of life you are now? Okay. And a a mid to late twenties, early thirties comes to you and says, I'm thinking about dating outside. of. Oh, I've been seeing somebody. Mm -hmm. I really, I'm feeling them, but they don't share my same belief system. What, what would be your advice or conversation to them?
1: I would say two things. Um, One First, am I talking to both of them or just one? You're just talking to one. Okay. I would say, listen. The, the first thing you have to do is make sure that you know who you are and what you really believe.
2: Make sure you know who. Yeah, I'm writing Make dumb. sure you know
1: <laughs> who you are and what you truly believe. You know, make sure your thoughts are authentically yours. That you're not just classically conditioned to think a certain way. You know. Make sure of that first. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to be unequally yoked with everybody. So the second thing I would tell them is it's not communication that's going to be the an issue because everything is communication. All body language, all behavior, it's all communication. Effective communication will help you survive if this is what you choose to do. When I say effective communication, I mean this. <laughs> When we were were growing up, my mother used to have, you know, we had the record players. And my mom had all types of albums from people. And one of the ones she had was from Millie Jackson. Okay. I'm sure if you're close to my age, you know who Millie Jackson is and and how she talked. But she had a song on her, um, on one of her albums. And one of the lines stuck with me all these years. And she said, I'm trying to say what I got to say in a language you understand effective communication is knowing how to communicate with your person in the language they understand. most of us communicate how we understand mm-hmm. and you want that person to get it and you're frustrated because they don't get it. you have to communicate with them in the language they understand. It's kind of like if you went if I went to um, France. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a little bit of French, you know, off and on. Like, I can introduce myself, you know, like, je m'appelle Chanda. Comment allez-vous? You know, or if I was in, I would, you know, ouvre la livre. You know, so they would know what I meant. Or if I asked for the Eiffel Tower, it, it, Eiffel is the same whether I'm over here or over there. Wow. But if I was looking for, like, a, a, a bathroom and I walked up to somebody who only spoke French and I was like, where's the bathroom? Huh? They wouldn't know what I was saying because I'm not communicating to them in the language they understand. So it would just be confusion. It's the same way in a relationship. You have to know your partner's, you know, their language. You have to know their love language. How do they speak? How do they understand? Because your job first is to understand and then try to be understood. Communicate with that person in the language that they understand. They will in kind communicate to you in the language that you understand. So, then there's no discrepancy. We are clear on where we are, and then you're better able to decide how to go forward. I think that's one of the issues um, in relationships, period. Mm -hmm. Everybody's communicating to each other how they feel it, how they understand it. Nobody's ever gonna be able to relate to you like that.
2: Ah, right on. So, I think, I think, um, (laughs) I probably, (laughs) you know, I think my biggest thing would be, and I'm speaking from uh, experience. My biggest thing would be to not compromise yourself. Um, and when I mean by not compromise yourself, when you know the truth of you of who you are and the direction you're trying to go, you actually have to have those real conversations and 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 discuss those things and say, "Hey, listen, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do." And especially when you know certain things, I think I use one of the uh, the examples of saying that I, I you know I've experienced some spiritual things growing mm-hmm. up um, and one of those things I said only name that worked was Jesus. I had to be honest. I'm like that is the only name that worked. So that was the truth and I had to say that and say like listen, I can't compromise who I am. And say I'm open to something, and God's going to hold me accountable to that when I know the direction that he's taking my life. And that's how that worked out.
1: But well, are you, if you're dating someone who doesn't believe what you believe, mm-hmm. is that necessarily an invitation to compromise what you
2: if they? I've, I've always had the scenario I said, if it doesn't feed you, if it doesn't feed you, it's, it's feeding on you, Right.
1: I mean I, I understand what you're saying.
2: If it doesn't feed you it's 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 pulling from you. Like I prime example, right? Somebody that is not pouring into you is taking away from you. It's this is the truth, right? And okay. this in this room here we talk about certain things. We pour into each other. Right? If it's something that like pre-show we were talking and um typically I'm the person within my rooms to where I'm the person that's pouring into everybody else. So I don't right. get the reciprocal. You know, I don't. I don't. It, it does. It doesn't. It's not a reciprocity. Typically, I typically pour more into the people that I'm in. But then when I come here, it's completely different, mm-hmm. right? I'm listening to you pre-show. We're talking about a lot of different things, and you were pouring into me.
1: Now I'm not sure if I do the same thing for you. Absolutely. All right. So the thing about it is, we mm-hmm. all pour differently. We do. So when I'm in a room, like if it. And I think people do it because they, they have an idea of who I am. Uh-huh. So they're afraid, uh-huh. you know, that their pour is not going to be received because they don't pour like I do. Okay. But I don't expect anyone Absolutely. to pour like I do. Yep, you know, yep. I might have coffee. You might have water. Somebody else has sparkling ice. It may be somebody in the room with some tequila. Now, I don't drink tequila, but they still came to put. Pour- Wait, I'm sorry. I do drink tequila. Let me. <laughs> you take that Depending back. Don't on to. what it is, I don't drink uh, my tequila need to be white. Let me uh,
2: just say, I, I don't drink
1: it often, but when I do, I, that's just how I want it. Uh, my point is, somebody may have something that you don't drink doesn't mean they can't pour. It just means you don't drink. So my question is, they don't pour like you doesn't mean they can't pour. That doesn't necessarily mean they're taking from you. Yes, they're receiving what you pour. I'm not really fond of what you have to drink. Doesn't mean they didn't come to pour. Because people have different things. You know, what I need, you, you don't need. Mm-hmm. But what you need, I have. Absolutely. What I need, he has. So everybody's cup is out and everybody has something to drink. So not saying that your point is wrong. I'm just saying there may be people in a room who are pouring out a lot and just not able or don't have a taste for what's being reciprocated. Gotcha. Not necessarily that, you know, okay, everybody's taking from me, and, you know, nobody's able to pour. Oh, yeah, they're able to pour. I just, that's just not, I don't drink that. Right on. See,
0: on Road to Damascus, you get conversations like that. We get it for free from Shonda. That's that's the, the way she do it for us. She she dropped nuggets like that, her and Stefan, The way y'all was just talking was like Stefan was in session. And he was really trying to get a greater understanding. So, and we get that for free, but we're going to start charging these people
1: for this <laughs> content.
0: But um, before we start um wrapping up this conversation in a minute, um, let me ask you this, Shonda, because I think we kind of touched on it a little bit. Now I'll start with you. Why do you think even within, because me and Stefan kind of had this conversation a little bit, and you kind of touched on it about within your own faith. Christianity. Why do you think that we've allowed these labels to make us think that we're unequally yoked, even within the church? Like, have we just gotten to a point where it's like, um, I often think about in the book of acts when Paul showed up and it was to me, I always say that was the very first convention and Paul show up and they meet the apostles meet and they like, uh, well, the Gentiles be getting saved. So how do we deal with the Gentiles? And they told Paul, well, tell them they need to get circumcised and they need to follow the law. <laughs> now, remember this, no sterilization. You're telling grown men right. that they got to get circumcised and then follow the law. And it was like, at that point, you start to see little corners. People go to their corners. But even with the epistles, Paul wrote epistles to different churches because right. not every church had the same, same issue. issue. So why do you think it is that even within our umbrella of faith we run into situations where we feel like we're unequally yoked, even though we absolutely believe the same thing for the most part?
1: I, I think it's because of the example you just gave. Um, they were all under the same, you know, umbrella. He said, well, okay, well now you need to get circumcised and follow the law. And then there was this other instance where like, y'all eat meat. we don't eat meat. Well, you know, we don't eat that. And then um, God shows him a vision and tells him to rise, you know, kill and eat.
0: What they I call no, clean.
1: You know, you don't have the right to call unclean. Right. It was the same way I'll use the um, PCAF and PAW. How it was one organization, it was PCA, PC of AF, Pentecostal Churches of Apostolic Faith, for those of you who, who are unaware. And it splintered off because of uh, the baptisms and um,
0: the Trinities. And, you know, right.
1: and what people wanted to wear and what they wanted to do, and it's always something trivial or superficial um, that gets in the way. I think, it's, I think that trend has continued. You have to go back to the law of first reference, and there you go. Within the same body, you'll have somebody who feels a certain way, and you can always gather a group of people who feel the same way as you do. Cora Moses. You can gather a group of people, and I think that's why we have the situation we have today in the church. You're going to offend somebody, and they feel like, well, we can do it better. I don't like that. So you don't like the name of Jesus. You don't want to be baptized in the name of Jesus because it says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Bible. Yes, well, it also says whatsoever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Well, yeah, but there's the, the triune, you know, the, the, the trinity. Why are we leaving, you know, why are we leaving somebody out? Is Jesus more important than God? They, they're the same. He was father in creation, son in redemption, Holy Spirit in the church. Just like you are, um, if you're, you have children, you're a dad, an uncle, and a nephew, but your name is Stephen. Me using your name doesn't take away any of your titles. It actually identifies all of you with one name. I think this is the reason why there's division right now. Oh, I'm unequally yoked because I don't believe what I don't believe it as you believe it, but I still believe in Jesus. I just think I can wear my earrings and the necklace around my neck. Doesn't make me unequally yoked because I don't go to your church. I don't see it as you see it. Vantage point and perspective have to be considered but not to the point where we considered people to be unequally yoked. I think if we stick just stick to the truth. Cuz there are people who believe the truth, their facts are just different. Facts change. The truth never does.
0: Bam, man. Man, I just uh If y'all want to send donations to that collection plate for them to, can you you want to follow that up, Stephen? Yeah, I, I, I think it's. Uh... Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Yeah, that was a good point," but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I I believe it's a
2: lack of relationship. Lack of uh, rel- relationship. Lack lack of relationship uh, causes us to create and and enforce frivolous uh, points. Um, that's pretty much if you think about certain things, when you have a deeper relationship with God, you even question your own things that you were taught. Now it was certain things that we were brought up under, under tradition and religion, and certain things, and a lot of those things I've been able to drive out of myself. The deeper relationship I get with God, when people go back and forth about certain points, and oh, God, this, and you shouldn't wear this, and you shouldn't wear it, those are frivolous points. How are those driving us closer to a relationship with God? Because every single one of those points in my relationship with God shows me that I'm still a wretch. I'm still gonna make mistakes. I'm still, not, I'm never gonna be perfect. But look where I'm at right now. The the closer I draw to God, and the more I release to God, the closer I get to Him. Because the closer you really get to God, the more you see how 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 much you need Him. How 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 you see your imperfections, like looking in the mirror every single day. We look in the mirror, we see ourselves, and somebody else sees something more beautiful in this. Like, man, you look good, but then you look at yourself and be like, no. But you see this one side of my ear, and I don't see that. You're looking at yourself too close because we look at ourselves in depth. But look at that relationship with God, then He begins to reveal more of us to ourselves. Like, oh no, uh -uh. so those privilege, those frivolous points, and all those things that people kind of go back and forth with about, no, do you believe this? Do you believe that? This, yeah.
0: But but I'm just saying it. It can it can be a lot when you start to talk about a relationship, though. I mean, um what words we can and can't use around the kids, the type of movies that we want to watch, like um, even Shonda brought up. Um, so our grandmother, our grandmother uh, went, came from Columbus, Ohio, uh, Hugh Smith church um, years ago. And our grandfather came out of Clinton street, Bethlehem temple. Well, Clinton street, Bethlehem temple wasn't no jewelry. It wasn't no, you couldn't buy your wife, no ring. You would buy him a watch no lipstick and our grandmother was like no I'm getting a wedding ring like ain't no watch I don't want no watch I want my ring so people know that I'm your wife I mean you understand what I'm saying so and my grandfather capitulated to it but you know during that time that was something that um wouldn't have flown you get what I'm saying so mm-hmm. and and they were both christian but even pentecostal but it was like the, the this was considered the holy rollers mm mm-hmm. mhm you know, um, our grandmother, Christian, raised us. Our grandmother ain't been to the movies since she was 15 years old. A movie. She said the Lord called her while she was at the movies, and she ain't never been back since. Me and Stephen go to the movie once every every time a new Marvel movie come out. Right. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? May 6, we in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dr. Strange. But, I mean, you understand what I'm saying, Steph? Yeah. Like, what if you was dating a girl and say, oh, I don't go to the movies. I don't. Watch action movies. I don't watch comedy that has uh, profanity in it. Like, we know Shonda, how she feels about profanity, but Shonda be front row of the Dave Chappelle show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm, I'm, Chappelle, I'm just... Chappelle, Earthquake, Bruce Bruce, Lavelle Crawford. I'm, like, I'm in
0: there. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So it's one of them things where it's like, she not going to use the profanity, but she sure going to laugh at the brother who on stage using the profanity. Um, And some people get offended by that. Right. So those can be breaking points, even though we believe in the Trinity or the triune or the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit or in Jesus name. You Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? (laughs) So those can cause those tensions and those problems. You get what I'm saying, Steph? A
2: hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, in, in all those things, to be honest, God usually creates the revelation already. Like I look at my scenario when dating somebody outside of my race, I mean not race, race. I mean yeah, race and religion. Right. Though. Um, I danced with the truth, I did, and I knew that where I already kind of knew where it was going early on, um, and because you create that care in that person and the, the 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 love you may have for that person, it um you try to go back and forth with it and you say, well, no, I don't know, maybe maybe this and maybe that, and then you just
0: arrive to the same conclusion. So it's just, you know, so to me it seems like you're almost like trying to justify the inevitable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, like, on Matrix, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, well. That is the sound of inevitability.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing in, like, trusting that God knows all things. Um, and usually we it takes us a lot longer to come to a conclusion that he's already came to the
0: conclusion of. Well, well we, w- one of the days we talked this week and we had our prayer and our scripture reading, uh-huh. what, what, did, what did we bring up about how not only do we want just God's will but his perfect will? Because sometimes God would just be like, all right, this is what you want. I'm going to go and give it to you. Not that it's the best thing for you, but this is what you want. The children of Israel wanted a king. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the best thing for them, but God said, y'all keep asking. I'ma get them what you want. What he, what he, what he tells? He said, they ain't rejected you, saying they rejected Mm -hmm. me. And he said, but tell them when they get a king, this is what's going to happen. And they still wanted a king. And everything that he told them was going to happen, was Mm going to happen. So God could tell you, don't be with like Solomon. Don't be with these women and build, you know, because you're going to build temples for them. I know he was struggling.
2: (laughs) I know Solomon was struggling. And
0: what did Solomon end up doing? He ended up building the temples for these women. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's about performing God's perfect will. Because God, okay, this is what you want? You really want Mm -hmm. it? I'm going to go. What did he he tell uh, David about Bathsheba? If you wanted her, I would have gave her to.
1: All you had to do was ask. (laughs) Right.
0: But you went about it your way. Mm-hmm. And he still ended up with Bathsheba. Still, Bethsheba gave him Solomon. So, you but know, his, we
1: his way caused a lot of havoc, right? You know, and forgot to say, all you had to do was ask. I don't know how God would have worked that out to give him somebody else's wife, but he said all you had to do was ask. Now, that's another hole. Oh, that's yeah, a that ser- that's, that's a
0: servant and a half right there. Listen, we like,
1: like, he said all you had to do it. Now, for those of you. <laughs> Out there looking at somebody else's husband and wife, don't you do that? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, cause Sammy,
2: you definitely told David whatever
0: you do, God go bless you know,
2: <laughs> whatever you put your mind to. I don't think he told you that. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, wait, what's that? What's that? That's that narcissus where you really start to see yourself. I can be like David,
1: right? Yeah, and ask for it.
0: somebody else's spouse, and they gonna give them
1: to you Yeah, me. don't you do that. Uh, but God said, all you had to do was ask. I would, I would have given her to you. He went about it his own way. And there was a lot of havoc caused. Yeah, you got her. But look at what you lost.
0: What did it cost you? Everything. <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> what did it yeah.
1: cost
0: So, I mean, it, 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 it can run like that, though. Mm-hmm. It can run like that. So, last question before we wrap it up. Y'all don't think that it would be wise? Or do y'all not have an answer at all? It's just a case-by-case
1: basis. I really think it's a case by case I would agree you know, with basis, but yeah. you know, I'll use my closing statement um, to really wrap it up. Right. I get, I get what but you're yeah, saying, but what would you case say, Stephen?
0: Case, case by.
2: yeah, I, I think it is a case by case thing. Um, some scenarios work out that way, and then some of them don't. I mean, I think we were talking again off off the night and it was like, you know, when you deny a truth that God has already placed in you, it, it, it I mean, it has no good results after that. You know, um. So you have to go based on what God has instilled in you. That when you have uh, an invested relationship with God and He gives you revelation in that area, for you to compromise that is to compromise yourself.
0: Ugh. Wow. I think uh, I think we're gonna end it there. I just wanted to say it was good recording again. Feels good to be on the mic. Feels good to uh see both of y'all. Uh, hopefully, Lauren will be back soon. She's has other obligations, but it felt good um, having these conversations. And I tell y'all, the off-mic conversations be even heavier. If y'all could just hear some of the off-mic stuff, y'all be like, man. a straight go. <laughs> <laughs> G-O-A-T, bam. Um, but I want to thank you all for listening, so we're going to go ahead and start with uh, closing statements. So, uh, Rabbi, I'll let you go first. Hey.
1: I, I had this thought about that there are people who are married and then one one of them gets saved and the other one doesn't. And they're okay. They ride it out. They're okay. Um, I think that's the case because I know there, there will be someone who disagrees with me. But I honestly don't think the the concept here in Corinthians of, of being unequally yoked was about... Um, a belief system as much as it is about being able to accomplish the work, which is why um, ox are yoked. Um, So if one slows down, um, you know, the the yoke is the same size. So if one slows down, the other one, you know, helps him to keep up. Um, The work doesn't suffer. Um, I think that being unequally yoked for the work's sake can cause you to jeopardize, can cause you to put a relationship in jeopardy. So if there's a relationship that you really want, then you don't do anything that puts that relationship in jeopardy. You know, I tell people, if that's what you really want, why would you jeopardize it? Why would you do anything that puts it in jeopardy? Why link yourself with someone who doesn't have the same work ethic, who doesn't have the same, um, skill set and ability. You're going to make the work harder. It doesn't mean it doesn't get done. It's just harder. We conceptualize that for marriage because now you've just made a vow with someone that we're going to be on the same page. If you marry someone and they don't have the same belief system as you, you have just made your journey harder. That is why it's important. I think it's essential to be equally yoked. You just have to decide where it is because there's a fine line uh, with trying to make someone be like you. That's not the goal, to create another you. The goal is someone who has the same work conceptualization when it comes to ministry, when it comes to the work of God, when it comes to uh, being able, being available to God. You need someone on those same lines, not necessarily someone who believes every single thing as you. Because people have to have grace to grow. They have to have grace to come into who they are. They have to have grace to develop in their, um, their walk with God. So we have to be careful that we don't put people in a box where they can expand, where God can expand their territory past what you think it should be. It's for the sake of the work. So yoke yourself to someone who doesn't hinder your work with God, who doesn't hinder your call, who doesn't keep you from doing what God told you to do. And if you're with someone who makes you question what God has said to you, that's a good indicator that you're not equally.
0: Amen. Amen. That was a good word, Shonda. Thank you for that. Steph? Um,
2: don't compromise yourself. For uh, anyone or anything, um, I made a, lo- a decision a long time ago that I would stubbornly choose God to allow him to outweigh my skills every single time. Um, and that that forces me to make decisions that sometimes it may not be uh, what I want, but it's always in my best entrance. Um, so I look at it like uh, investing in that relationship with God more than you invest into someone else. And everything in your life is always going to work out. Sometimes I can make decisions that it looks, uh you know, on, on a temporal level, it looks good. But then when you look at it with the longevity of something, how is that going to look? The, our, our decisions are always uh, for a present decision. God makes decisions for present and and future. So if you want to see how your life and, and, and want to see – or fathom your life in the future, typically you want to go on those decisions and always you want to go on those decisions that God has for you. So within that, um, I have to examine myself. And, yes, the decisions are very difficult. Uh, the decision, and I'll speak on myself, decision for me to um, you know, move forward and not date uh, a beautiful woman and a very nice and caring woman, That I was dating on a different religion, from a different religion, was very difficult. Uh, Very difficult, actually. Um, And I think Shonda pointed out this uh, a long time ago. What do you do in something, I think it was like prolonging suffering. And so do you prolong that suffering to arrive to the same conclusion six months, a year, or five years down the line to where you're you're in a deeper hole, to where it's even more invested, and now you're really hurt? Or do you decide to make that decision early on and you really lay it all out on the table and you have those uncomfortable conversations, the ones that somebody might walk away from and say, you know what, this is not what I want. And you may lose that person. But would you rather lose that person now or lose that person later? That is the key of prolonging suffering. You, You might as well go through it. Might as well go through it now. Instead of delaying in those conversations, so. Um, and everything just like, you know, I, I do and I promote, uh, trusting God in those decisions, you know, pray to him and ask him. And of course he's going to communicate with you the best way that you know how to communicate. He's going to communicate with you that exact same way. So God communicates me within that way. And he gives me those revelations. And plus he's a lot more, uh, patient with me than I can be with someone else. So trusting God.
0: Hey, man, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for being uh, transparent about what, you're, what you've gone through as well as you, Rabbi. Appreciate the open conversation, but that's what we do on the road to Damascus. Right. Um, perspective. Perspective is funny because me, Shonda, and Stephan are sitting in this studio right now recording a show, but the way we're sitting, each one of us is looking at something different. So if you ask Shonda what she sees, she's like, well, I just see a plain white wall. And if you ask Stefan, what does he see? He say, oh, I see uh, some paperwork. I see some, some cubicles with some papers in them. You ask me, I say, I see a computer, a laptop, uh, a Pistons jacket, things like that. So wherever you are in life, your perspective is what your perspective is. And at the end of the day, The person that you end up with should have the same perspective that you have. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all had different perspectives on who Christ was, his life, and the way they wanted to tell his story. They were all talking about the same Christ, but just telling it in a different way. So just make sure that the person that you decide with has the same trust system, even though y'all perspectives might just be a little bit different. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening. And God bless.